Hello, guys. Welcome to our first episode of the Liverpool Perspective podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be joined with with Dylan, and we will be we will be talking about soccer in in the Liverpool in in a Liverpool perspective. Today, since we have a, a big game against Spurs tomorrow, we are bringing we we are bringing a Spurs fan. His name is is Chihang Yao. You probably you may have heard him in in some of the other podcasts. So hi, Chi, hey Chihang, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Josh? Yeah, and obviously I forgot to. So, and obviously Dylan is here as well. Dylan, what's up? What's up? How are you guys doing? Good. So, let's let's first talk about the before we head into the the Liverpool versus Spurs game. Obviously, is a, a title race game. Let's talk about the previous matches that we that both of our teams had. So first, we played versus we we play, we tied one one against Fulham. I thought that was we were terrible, and especially in the first thirty minutes, it seemed like there was no no intensity. I mean, Dylan, what did you think of the performance? Um, I think every time Liverpool plays, it's almost like there's a tale of two Liverpools. Sometimes they're electric, you know, they score three goals, four goals, just dominating on the defensive end as well. But other times, I feel like they're just too comfortable with who they are, knowing that they're Liverpool. And when you come against a team like Fulham. I think just because it's the Premier League, you can't take these smaller sides for granted. They still could cut you up when you're sleeping. So I feel like Liverpool is really taking their position as such a solid team for granted, especially among all the injuries. And I think they were just lazy and inexcusable, especially in the first half. Yeah, I, 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 especially as you said, like there's, I definitely agree. There's a tale of two Liverpools. I mean, we saw... And play against Aston Villa. I don't know what was going on there. We we keep saying these games are one offs, one offs, but they we they keep happening, and it's very confusing. I'm not sure if it's injuries or if it's because this happened against Aston Villa when the players were not injured. So I've been seeing this all the way back to uh, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League last season. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they also in that game they also didn't, they didn't show a lot of. So it's been a while, see. but like yeah. especially after they came back from a. Uh... COVID uh, for the end yeah, of last yeah, season? Yeah, against Everton, they were terrible. And Man City, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these one-off games that we have, and it's a little concerning. We used to be really consistent, but in the past two seasons, it's a little, it's, it kind of tailed off a little bit. I mean, Chiang, what do, you, what do you think? what did you think of the game? Against Fulham, I feel like you guys definitely could have played better. It was um, mainly... Fulham were dominating. They were playing much better. Um, you couldn't. You could, if I had to choose a side, I'd say Fulham were definitely. I had the upper hand during the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you guys think? Did you guys think there was a penalty for Fulham when Fabinho tackled? Tackled. Um, I forgot who he tackled, but but he like he tackled a full a Fulham player. He may he may have got the ball and and they went to they called it a penalty. Then they they went to V. No, they didn't call the penalty. Then VAR looked at it and they didn't call it. So, do you guys think it was a penalty or? Um, I think it just. Yeah, I, I know they say clear. It wasn't clear and obvious, which I agree. It wasn't the most clear penalty, but um, before VAR, there wouldn't be like if I saw that penalty before VAR was instated, I would think yeah that would be a fair call, I guess. But because of VAR, it kind of makes the waters more murky. Yeah, I mean, Cheng, did you did you see did you see that? The incident, or or no? Yeah, I did happen to see it. I mean, it was uh, I, I agree with Dylan on that one. You know, at first glance, I would think, yeah, maybe, but VAR just gives it a new look on it, and I feel that there are perhaps uh, there's another story to it or something. So it definitely clouds up, you know, what we think about it. I don't know. For some reason, I was looking at the right of of other people, like rival fans, they were saying, "How is that not penalty?" And like, and that, how is that not penalty and stuff like that? I was like, okay, I mean, I. So yeah, I mean, I mean the Liverpool PK. On, I to be honest, I think we got very lucky with that because that was a that was a very questionable handball. I mean, I think we all agree with that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we got really lucky to get to get back in it. But I mean, at the same time, I thought that um, Salah was fouled in the lead up to the goal, like he was pushed off. So. I do. I do. I think we did get away with with it, but it's just it's a shame we're we're talking talk about the Tottenham versus Liverpool game soon. 
And obviously, we still have injury problems. We have now Matip got injured, so it's that's little, bad. He was like the only real center back still who yeah. could play. We only have our only center back is Fabinho, so and he's a defensive mid. Yeah, so I think I think Sun and Kane will love that. It's uh, it's gonna be I mean, a uh, tough match. Yeah, hey, I mean, Dyer's a defensive mid, but he's a center back. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk I about that match too. Also, Jotak uh, being out is going to be terrible because, like, we really were taking him for granted. He was scoring goals left and right. Yeah, yeah. And he could have been, like, the top goal scorer for Liverpool this season. He could have but... came off the bench too because the thing is, mm-hmm. the thing is, Liverpool, like, I was looking at the second half, people were like, Klopp didn't make good subs. He got Minamino on. He's not doing so well. And uh, Nico Williams, I thought, I thought Trent was. Terrible, to be honest with you. I don't know what's, what what was wrong with Trent that day. Like he he didn't. I, I didn't see him like Rod. Like I thought he like I don't know. Like I didn't see him in, in right the right problem back. with Trent when he's forced into a more defensive role. When Liverpool realizes, uh oh, this team's actually attacking. When Trent is put into a more defensive role, role I think he breaks under pressure since he he's more of a, a like I don't know how to say an attacking defender where he throws the ball forward. But when he's not able to do that, when the ball's being pushed towards him, he kind of falters. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few times where Henderson was covering for him. Um, Jones, I thought Jones covered, covered him too. And he was I thought he was brilliant. He was the standout performer in the match. And besides Allison, who also made a few good saves. But in my opinion, for like for such a young player, it, I think it's it's very easy to say when like the team is going well and and the, the young players have an easier time to perform well as well. But this game really impressed me. I think this is Jones's most impressive game because the rest of the team were awful and he stood up. He was the best player on the pitch and I was very impressed with that. He made a, he was making a lot of tackles. He made the, he made a few good runs. I think he almost scored the ones as well with a good run from the halfway line to the edge of the box. So I thought he was he was superb. He was fight, he was fighting. I mean, what do what do you think of Jones? Um, I feel like, especially in his recent performances, because of all of uh, Liverpool's injuries, I think Jones is really start trying to work his super hard because he wants to find that now is the perfect time for him to cement a place, not just on Liverpool's bench, but maybe even as a starter sometimes. And this is the perfect window with all these injuries for him to really stand out among the squad and work his way into Jurgen Klopp's heart almost. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on to... um. Tottenham, they we they we couldn't take advantage of their one-one draw against Crystal Palace. So, Chihang, what did you think of that performance? Was that point gained? Was that two points dropped? What what do you say? I'd say it was uh, ultimately the result was pretty scary. I mean, it shows uh, shows that uh, a tactic sometimes you know doesn't work. You know, we talk about how Mourinho's um, parking the bus strategy. You know, we score a goal and we sit back and we defend. And, you know, Palace, they saw through that and they played the game very pressured. They played very high and yeah. ultimately, you know, they deserve the reward. So they walked away. We talked with a point. I mean, it's what we get for, you know, it's what we get for <laughs> using old strategies multiple times. Yeah, I, I, I thought Palace really after Spurs took the lead, I think Palace took the initiative. And I think I heard Marine. I heard before we started this, I heard Mourinho's pre- um, like post-match interview of this game. And he was like, "We in the second half, we wa- I wanted us to take control of the ball, take control of the game. And they did not do that. I mean, they didn't do that at all. I mean, I, I, from the outside, I questioned his subs, his like start, starting lineup then. Because like they all had these, like they had Hoiberg and Sissoko. They aren't really ball-keeping players. Like they have Wings and Ali who could keep the ball. So I was a little... Stunned with that. I mean, if you want to control the game, well, I mean, what do you think with that? Um, I'm going to add on that uh, the Spurs in front of the net, the, their inability to score besides that one goal, um, not even halfway through the first half, um, that this really kept Fulham in it. And that because they were down one nothing the whole time, Fulham was really putting energy to try to score again. And Tottenham had to keep, keep going back to defend against shots. And eventually, after doing that for 60 minutes in a one nothing game, one of those Fulham shots is going to break through since Tottenham's tired after all that time. And 
that ends up in a one-one draw after eighty-one minutes. Yeah, you confuse for sure. For sure. You, you confuse Crystal Palace and Fulham, but it's all right. Oh, but, uh, yeah, sorry, we're just talking yeah, about Fulham and Liverpool. So yeah, Jim, what were you gonna say? Yeah, no, I was gonna say he does have a point. You know, we um we put all that effort in and we just uh, sit back and I mean the lineups as a whole, like you said, they were more defensively based. You know, it wasn't we weren't really attack minded in that game. It's pretty obvious that our goal was just to score a goal and park the bus. But I just feel like more has gotta understand that we can't just keep on using the same strategy over and over again. That we gotta start changing it up. You know, that um teams are just gonna put more pressure. They're going to high press us. They're going to find a strategy. They're going to break through our line of defense. Right. It's simple as that. And so we can't keep on playing like that. Yeah, I, I agree with Mourinho you. doesn't have the same defense that he had for some of these other squads with Tottenham. They're much more attacking team. So his part of the bus strategy, yeah, it is really getting old. Yeah, I mean, it, it does it does work. It, don't get me wrong. I'm, I feel like in this type of game, I, and interestingly enough, Mourinho said it in his um, post-match interview. He said that they needed... They needed to get more control of the game, and that, and that makes me question his subs. To be honest, is his the players who actually st- played, because he's using the same squad for parking the bot for like play, parking the bus and for attacking. And I think you need to mix it up a little bit. Put Ali on like I don't know where Ali. What's going on with Ali? I mean, maybe you could explain that a little bit more. But I mean, for Delhi, it's just uh, it's a little difficult. There's a lot because of his own lack of initiative. Um, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, little, a lot has to do with his own initiative. He's um declining his performance a lot, and during the last few games where he puts on, I mean, one, he's not really up to fitness, he's not really up to speed, and two, he doesn't put in as much effort as people like Hoy Hoypier or uh, Mora, you know, who if put on the field, they're just they're gonna play 120, percent they're gonna put in everything God, whereas Dudley sort of for lack of better terms, plays when he wants to play. You know, he plays that way he wants to play. So Delhi is definitely, he's more attack-minded, but I feel like he's got to get into a better shape. He's got to get into better fitness to be allowed to start or play more. Okay. So uh, let's let's just briefly go through the other games who are, um, I guess, teams who are fighting for the title, for the title, I guess. Le- I mean, Leicester won the big game 3-0. They were amazing. So it- Unfortunately, they won, and but like and the, you know, we got a good. We both got a good result this week. We got United tying Man Man City zero zero. I mean, that was a that was a very terrible game. I mean, did you got any of you watch that game? Um, I saw bits. I especially saw post game recap. How um, a lot of Man United fans are just joking like Man City cannot score against us. Like Man City's ineffective against Man United. And it's kind of true, which is so funny because Man United in the last few years has been such an up and down squad. Like they've just had some really bad moments. But for Man City, which plays with this excellence, this Pep Guardiola excellence, it seems like they're just, they're always still going to be the younger brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to be noisy neighbors. That's all they'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I can see that, you know, they're just, uh, you'd expect more from Man City to a United squad like this, you know, expecting to maybe get at least, you know, a goal in or two. So I can see why yeah. <laughs> they'd be happy about that. Yeah, obviously, I mean, we're in the, this is probably the last time we're going to be really talking about, about this team until we play them next time, because right now they're not a big club anymore. They're a relegation battle team. It's Arsenal. And again, we have to make fun of Arsenal a little bit, especially in front of Chihang, our Spurs fan here. And I mean, Aubameyang oh, <laughs> finally scored. I, they lost four consecutive home games. This is the first time since 1959, and when they lost in their loss, one they loss against Burnley. I mean, <laughs> they are embarrassing, aren't they? I mean, Arsenal's doing bad, and they know it. It's just that, you know, they're aware that they they got to do better. And, I mean, <laughs> they got to do something about it or Arteta is going to have to go. Yeah, I mean, they're in spur- they're in first shadow right now. It's, it's funny that uh, Arsenal is really, like, they treat themselves as this club that stands up with Liverpool, Man U, Man City, Chelsea, Tottenham. But right now they're acting like not like that club. The players don't want to play the Management is in shambles. There just really needs to be almost like a second wind 
that needs to come in an arsenal and just shake things up. Because right now, they're just incoherent, and they can't seem to get anything right. And you, a red card against Burnley in a loss is inexcusable. I mean, like, did you see that red card? <laughs> oh. I saw Arsenal <laughs> has tried to defend that, too. I mean, okay. I guess I guess choking mm. people is acceptable for Arsenal. It's that kind I of mean, season. Um, yeah, I mean, Zaka. I mean, we should know from he's a very he's a very ill-tempered person. So I mean, you know, he gets riled up, he gets he gets <laughs> in the heat of the moment, and <laughs> stuff like that happens. I mean, it's I honestly I th- honestly think it was you know a little funny to watch. I'm no no. I mean, it was quite ridiculous. I mean, the reaction was yeah, it was very really extreme. But um, I definitely inexcusable. You know, there's no way you can defend that. That's not right at all. I mean, the fact that they're resorting to this is just it's it's something that they should not be reacting to. Yeah, I mean, I want to make fun of Arsenal even more. I mean, let's look at their next Premier League games. They play Southampton at home, Everton away, Chelsea at home, Brighton away, uh, West Brom away. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal lose all five of these. All, uh, all five. Wow. I mean, I, I definitely see them losing at Goodison, and I definitely see them losing at home to uh, Chelsea. I think they'll lose. The other games are more. I think Southampton. West Brom, I think, could be a win. Yeah, West Brom. Uh, by the time they play West Brom, Arsenal will be in the relegation zone. I mean, they're only five points ahead of Fulham. Southampton is having an unexpectedly Ooh. good season, so. Yeah, so I, I think. think we might see a draw there, but Southampton really could pull that off, and that would send Arsenal really into a spiral. And Arsenal have never beaten Brighton <laughs> away from home in the Premier League since they came up. So, it, I mean, Tihang, it's looking great for, for Arsenal, for sure. <laughs> well, you know, I'm with the Brighton tangent, you know, last season, a uh, flashback to when... Uh, Mope got into a scuffle with Leno, you know, or no, with, uh, was it W. Luis? I don't remember who he got. Was, uh, I think it was Leno. It was Leno. Yeah, it was Leno. So, it was I mean, Leno, right? Yeah, because he, uh, he got Leno injured a little bit. So, you know, you have a little bit of a flashback there. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting game to watch. Arsenal, I mean, yeah. So, what's your, what I thought really found it really interesting, except Leicester City. Um, none of the teams who played in Europe this week won their won their games. So that maybe maybe the amount of games that each team are playing is getting a little getting is showing. I mean, what, I mean, what do you guys think of the whole correlation between those things? Yeah, especially with a uh, the short summer that they had, how the leagues we started so quickly. The players are probably just getting really worn out. I couldn't imagine. It's supposed to be the longest year, especially with all the other protocols they have to deal with, social distancing, not going out. They probably can't see their family as much since their lives are football. So yeah, I, mean, I think this has just been a really tiring year, and especially on these players. And they mm-hmm. still have to play as much games as they usually have, but with less break and less time to be – like yeah, because they started the season later. Mind. They started the season later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chiang, what, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Sorry. Europe, let's go to the let's go to the let's talk before we go to the uh, the big game. Let's talk about the Champions League draw. Actually, can we uh, mention right now? Chelsea's up one nothing on Wolves, and that puts that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now they're top us. of the league. They're top of the mm-hmm. league. Oh, yeah, they're yeah they're top of the league on goal difference, but. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an important mention. Giroud scored it again, but so I would really, I guess we will mention about them. But yeah, so let's talk about the Champions League draw. I mean, the first question is, um, where are Manchester United? The Europa League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, Leipzig did them dirty. <laughs> I mean, Chiang also supported some RB Leipzig. So, what did you? I mean, Chiang. I mean, what do you think of that? Three, three, two. Yeah, um, let's do. Let's, let's talk about that game a little bit. I mean, um, so the Leipzig game. I mean, I would say Leipzig were they really popped off. They saw they learned from their five zero loss against United the first round. You know, they learned from their mistakes and they put, you know, two goals in relatively fast and they played consistently through the second half. But towards the end of it, really, I'm gonna be perfectly honest here. 
I don't think that was a penalty, and I don't think that the goal that uh, Pogba scored was legit. I mean, looking at the replays, you see that Konate was the one who fouled by who was fouled by Greenwood, and not the other way around. Yet somehow the penalty was awarded to United. And talking about the header, you know, you can clearly see that Pogba headed the ball at slap and bounced off of Maguire's hand and into the net. Yet somehow the goal countered. So I mean. Overall, we still got three points, but um, United really gained a huge morale boost from those two goals. And in the last 15 minutes, they played uh, noticeably better, and um, they could have very well tied the match. I mean, listen, it's it's Barchester United. I mean, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but they, but despite being Barchester United, they're still embarrassing. They still lost, and they're still in the Europa League again. They lost to uh, the sub who came in. Let's go. The American legend, Tyler Adams. Yeah. Tyler. Mention, who got a yellow card, oh, unfortunately. Incidentally, Tyler Adams is, uh, is, uh, grew up in the same town I did. So, you know, hometown rep. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, uh, very, very interesting to see, to see people, you know. <laughs> yeah, this, that. that is really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, May United, obviously, there. There's. They, remember when the United fans in October they beat they beat PSG, they beat Leipzig five zero. They were like, "Oh, what group of death is this? What is the group of death? Group of death? What? I mean, and what happened? Bottled it. Now they're playing Real Sociedad. <laughs> they played change other team, Real Sociedad. Okay. Every oh, league, so. He's, he's he's crazy like that. So yeah, let's. It's, talk, it's let's, very interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's um, let's go into um, let's go into our. We were talking about RB Leipzig. Obviously, we face RB Leipzig in the last sixteen. And what what do you guys think of the draw? I think this, this be- is going to be an interesting matchup. I think Liverpool can't sleep on this. They really we saw what happened with Atletico, and I think uh, RB Leipzig could do the exact same thing there. Uh, fast team. They have an attacking style. They have a pretty decent defense. I think if Liverpool plays like they did against Fulham, we could see a two nothing Leipzig win. Yeah, yeah. But I- if Liverpool puts in their effort and plays like the Liverpool way, then I'm seeing two one three one win Liverpool. Yeah, on I mean- aggregate. I mean, I see mm-hmm. the, good, the good news about this. Is I think we're going to get a lot of our players back, hopefully, like Thiago and, and, and like, maybe, hopefully Jota comes back by then. So, hopefully we get a few more players who could, who could play, and especially coming off the bench and stuff like that. But I think this will be a different game compared to the Atletico game because Atletico set up their team to, like, park the bus. And, that, and I, I think Liverpool still have trouble to break these teams down, especially with high-quality defenses. So I knew that game would not shoot us completely. But RB Leipzig is going to be a really open game. And I think that shoots Liverpool to shoots Liverpool a lot. So I, Leipzig knows they have a real good shot at winning this draw. Yeah, so I think they're going to play with intensity. Liverpool, which definitely, is, Liverpool are definitely the favorites. But I think um, we're definitely the favorites. But I think RB Leipzig are really a good team. And Nagelsmann is a really good coach. I mean, Shane could... Could tell talk about that, but I, I, he's it's gonna be a he's one of the best coaches in the world. So, and the, these are the two best German coaches in the well, not the two best. I mean, there's right now the the Bayern coach is the best, but and along with Klopp and Nagelsmann. So, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting match. I mean, what do you? Sure. Th- I mean, Josh, I would say um, you know the match would be very interesting. Like on your way, you know. Leipzig's playing style is definitely much more different. You know, they play much more open. They play much quicker. And certainly they don't they don't really play parking the bus. So, I mean, Liverpool's a tried and true team. You know, they've been proven to play very well. Leipzig are the new kids on the block. They've, and their manager too as well. You know, Nagelsmann is, um, is very different in that. He's actually he's a professional oh. manager. He's very young. He's in his 30s. He didn't really play soccer before. You know, he's a... Uh... Yes, what's, what's going on? Um... Wolves one one. Oh, that's good news for us. That's good news for us. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Podence scored. Okay. 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 That's good news. Okay, Chien, go go on. 
<laughs> so, you know, Nagelsmann is a definitely a different type of manager. He definitely has different styles. And um, I'm sure it'll be really fun to watch, you know, <laughs> for sure. Um, they, Liverpool definitely can't sleep on Leipzig. You know, they've beaten Tottenham two times last year. They've beaten United. You know, they lost United too, but for the most part, it seems they have a good, they have a good hold, a good, a good hold on English teams. So Liverpool should definitely, you know, <laughs> up their game. Yeah. I, yeah. I think this definitely the draw of the, this is definitely the best draw in, in the Champions League, in my opinion. And I, I, I know the Bar, the Barcelona are playing PSG, but I mean, I honestly, Honestly, I, we could talk about this game briefly, but I think I think Barcelona get gonna get destroyed. So, and then the other another another standout oh. game is Chelsea Athletic. So, yeah, uh, about the Barcelona game, I definitely feel I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of fans chanting about how oh. Uh, Neymar is going to come back to, you know, Barcelona, but, uh, you know, not in the way that they wanted to, you know. It's just that a lot of people are anticipating that Barcelona will play the same way they play against Juventus and in the group stages, you know, they're just not going to, they're not going to do well at all. So we're going to have to see, you know, if Barcelona do really care about the Champions League, they're going to have to make major changes in the way they play and the players they put on the pitch. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I think we could, we could let's get get into the preview of of, of the our title race game. I mean, obviously at at the current moment since since it's one one, it's 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 Tottenham first with twenty five points with a plus four goal fourteen goal difference, and second place is Liverpool with with a plus nine goal difference. Both teams have the same record. We both have the same record: seven wins, four draws, and one loss. And what's it actually interesting? Spurs haven't lost a game since the beginning of the season, so I think this could be a really interesting game. I mean, what do you guys? It's gonna be a tough game. Yeah, I agree. it's gonna be a tough game for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it could either go two ways. It could either be a one nothing win for one of the sides with just defense, or it's gonna be a really like high scoring three two, four three. Either way, with Kane and Son and the Liverpool front, Salah just yeah. repeatedly getting the ball. I can definitely see that, you know. Um, one thing for sure is that I do hope Mourinho learns that parking the bus is not a strategy that always works and perhaps he'll adapt to a different strategy in which if he does that, I certainly feel that Dylan is definitely going to be a very high-scoring game. And, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be one for the fans to watch for sure, you know. Liverpool, um, Liverpool does have, uh, after I think Fulham, they're going to want to bring back that, especially against a team like Tottenham, they're going to want to bring back the exciting play. And I think Kane and Son are going to want to put up a battle and show that they are just as good as Liverpool's forwards. Yeah, I want to, I, I'm going to echo my concerns about about the, like how we play. We were talking about Atletico Madrid and how, um, how the, that game is different than facing Leipzig that they're more attack Leipzig is a more attacking team obviously and let they are more defensive but that and that's Spurs right now I mean Spurs are definitely going to set up to park the bus like I mean Chiang I'm not sure I don't think he likes it a lot but I mean like it or not that's way that's how he's going to play that's how he got a point against Chelsea a good point against Chelsea he, he got a good point and get he got a big win against Man City that way and we, we played we played Mourinho teams a few a few times already uh with May United, we I think the first game, with the first two games we played against Mourinho against United at home, it ended nil nil. We lost at Old Trafford two one against United, and United played the same way in those games. Obviously, we know I know that um, I know that Mourinho we lost Mourinho lost three one against us, but that was that was when United were being turmoil. Like no one was no one was playing for Mourinho at that point, so I'm not really counting that. And then we look. We look at. I'm looking at these teams we played. Atleti- we lost to Atletico. We. Uh, it's just. I don't. It, it, against teams that we that park the bus that are that have good players, good high quality players. We seem to struggle. Park. We seem to struggle so to break them down. So I don't. I'm. I'm not so confident to be honest. 
Well, that's, um, Tottenham. Oh, sorry, Dylan, you go. Well, that's a really interesting perspective that you don't have confidence because um, Liverpool, although they've faltered in um, like games against Fulham and games against like Atalanta, Brighton, for example, they still had that. Just think about it. Less than two weeks ago, four nothing Wolves. Wolves is not a bad team. Yeah, they just... I mean they're drawing with Chelsea right now. It's I agree, if yeah. they play like that, this is gonna it's gonna be just as scary for Tottenham as it is for Liverpool. So Tottenham's really gonna have to, as Jiang says, either swap up the swap strategy of uh, parking the bus and throw Kane and Son forward more, while Liverpool is gonna have to bring back that fervor that they had in the Wolves game, that Liverpool way, and have. Trent not play that much a center back, but more of an attacking role where he's throwing the ball forward like he usually does. So, he, but that all depends on also Tottenham's tech. I'm just, I'm sure. I mean, Tottenham. Oh, sorry, Josh. Um, Tottenham. I feel that you know they the problem is they score one goal and they sit back. You know the problem here is they gotta they gotta increase the lead. You know they can't just they can't be satisfied with the first goal they put in. You know. They got to attack more, is, my, is what I'm saying. And, and, I mean, parking the bus, there's nothing wrong with that. You can park the bus after you score four goals, five goals. But a one-goal-nil lead is, is nothing. It's it's not. It can easily be tied up. So, I just feel that, you know, he's got to adapt and he's got to change to a different strategy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm basically just saying, like, I, I watch – I mean, even when we were in good form, we struggled, we struggled to break these teams down. Like, when we we're actually, like, at, at our best, which we, we – like, uh, when we – um. We, in the beginning of the season last year, we tied against Man United under Ole. And, they, and how did they play? They they basically their whole team just park they just park the bus with and they have a high they have a high quality players just defending and it it work it works out well. And I, we have we don't really have a good record against these teams. That being said, like I remember we played Atletico Madrid before lockdown, and I thought that was one of, that was um one of the first times I ever seen Liverpool be able to break such a team down. Like, like, like I remember we had Oxley Chamberlain, who I'm not sure. I think he did, he's just coming back right now, but I'm not sure if he'll be playing or not. He he likes to run in from the midfield from the midfield and and get in, get into the box and have an, it's like a late runner and that caused Atletico problems. So I hope maybe we could do something like that with with Nab Nabby. Hopefully he'll come back from injury or Chamberlain like. I mean that that was how we found success against these teams and I don't know it's hopefully I think it's definitely going to be like a nil-nil type game and 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 like I think Dylan said this and either team will get will get a winner that's what I think will happen personally but I don't see a draw you don't see a draw I, I don't see a draw maybe a 1-1 draw if like Chi Hank said Tottenham parks the bus they score one goal in the first half, and then later in the game, Liverpool, like Salah did against Fulham, either scores a penalty or gets a decent goal, and and it's a one-one draw. That's the only draw. I don't see a zero-zero draw. I can see a one-one draw though. Other than that, it's either going to be like a four-two-four-three win or a one-zero-two-nothing win. Well, either way, I'm I'm, getting, I'm not even even thinking about that. It's not going to be a thriller. It's just going to be. It's whether we we break down Spurs or not. And that's what I think will happen. It depends on what type of yeah. We have different views. You view that um, Tottenham is definitely going to park the bus, while I see that. Uh, you see that they'll open up. They'll try to open up because they that didn't work for them the last game. So Chang, what I mean, what, mm-hmm. we have conflicting, yes. conflicting opinions. Do you think they'll open up or do you think they'll park the bus? I'm be completely honest with you. I think that ideally the situation is that Mourinho will he'll know that he's gonna have to score more goals. So they're gonna first half is definitely gonna be a lot more open. Spurs are gonna pound at Liverpool. They're gonna they're gonna completely batter them and score as many goals as possible. And they're going to park the bus fully second half. Now knowing Mourinho, he's probably gonna be very stubborn. And I'm thinking that they might, you know, produce something similar that they did against um, Crystal Palace. Um, but you know, I think that there's also a chance that he might uh, he might tell the players to try something new. He might um, you know open up and play much like Leipzig or um, you know another attacking team. So 
there's the chance for both. But I think most likely, though, I'm going to have to side with Josh on this one. Mourinho is probably not going to change his tactic that much for this game. It's Mourinho. He's as stubborn as his boss that he parks. He doesn't want to move. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about um I mean obviously I wanted to talk about the what we think our starting lineups will be so I I think go first with Spurs and we'll see what we'll see what me and Dylan get. Uh huh. So so what do you mean by that? Like who do you think like who is going to be who, what's going to be your starting eleven? Ah. Uh. Okay, well, I think we're definitely looking at your recent goal. Um, ideally, we're going to have Alderweireld and Dyer for center backs. On the left, we'll have Regalone, and on our right, we're probably going to have either Aurier or um, Doherty if he's fit enough by then. Um, but I'm thinking most likely Aurier is going to be up. Um, yeah, sorry? Who would you prefer? Who would you prefer? Um, to be perfectly honest with you, Doherty's been out for some of the more important games these past few weeks. And, you know, like my opinion on Delhi, he's, he's going to have to get back into it. You know, there's a chance, you know, if Aurier doesn't perform as well, you know, if so for one of those games where Aurier is just absolutely, absolutely terrible, you know, we could probably see like a second half substitution for Doherty. But um, as of now, I think I'm, I'm seeing Aurier is going to start um, as, as after the center, you know, Hoypier obviously is essential. Um, uh, I think there's a chance that he might put in, um, you know, Sissoko, uh, or perhaps, um, yeah, Sissoko and Hoybier, you know, as a solid center for a uh, center CDM position for defense, you know, yeah, and he, on the left, yeah. He's been a star for Spurs. Hoyberg. For sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the left and the right, you know, for, uh, we're going to probably see uh, a little Stelso. Or uh, we're going to see some uh, probably, um, honestly, I haven't really thought about this part yet, but um, he might put in, um, what's it called, Mora uh, in the second half for as like a right mid position for a supporting position. But um, I think for now, we're going to see um, Los Celso or Bergewine. And then at the top, obviously, you have Kane and Son. And um, yeah, um, obviously, ideally, you know. Did you end up What, what were you going to say? Did you say on? Did you say on the melee or no? Did you say tangy or I no? I mean, the thing for tangy is um, yeah, you know, I think I think that for sure he has a chance that he's gonna start him, but um, sometimes uh, these past few games I feel like he might. No, you know what? No, that's my mistake. This game is critically important. I feel like Jose will be foolish not to start him up, and Los also might end up on the bench. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that as well. I mean, honestly, I think I I wanted to, you were talking about Orier. I thought I thought I think he's he's a really interesting player right now because I think he's been really good this year. And I think ever since Doherty came in, I think he gave um um him so he gave him a lot of comp- competition, and I think Orier's Orier stood stood up to it. Definitely proved he got better, you know. He's uh, like you said, there's competition now for the same position he has, and uh, he feels it, he knows it, and he's really impressed in his past few games, yeah. Yeah, so okay, so let's go with let's go with. I mean, actually, before I go there, I mean, obviously, we need to talk about the game, son. Companies, I mean, they're gonna be a big danger in, in this game. I mean, obviously, Chiang, you said that they will both start. I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear, right? But they, yeah, that's pretty clear. They've been they've been in amazing form. I mean, yeah. I, as I was saying, if the thriller is going to happen, it's going to be involving Kane and Son. Yeah, Son yeah. probably will have two goals, and Kane will have two goals. They're their scores, and I think Kane has been in the best form he has been since that season where they came second to Leicester. And that if Liverpool wants to stay in this race, they're going to have to match that energy brought by Son and Kane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with only Fabinho. I, I, Klopp said in his, in his um, pre-match, I, I think he said that Matip is, is they're, they're looking at Matip 24 hours a day. So they're pretty desperate to get him on that field. Because if not, we're going like, to have Fabinho and, and like maybe Nat Phillips. So. 
Yeah, yeah and um, I just want to ask you this: Would you start Jones, Curtis? Okay, yeah. So let's get into uh, let's get into the lineups then. As you say that, so I think so. I'm gonna say Allison and goal, obviously. Uh, he's th- thank God he's back. I thought he was. We needed him. That's a big I, plus. I to be fair to be to be fair to Kelleher, he has been brilliant. I want I he's been really good, and that kind of shows how Liverpool how Liverpool have players that. Maybe they'll have the best quality, but they stand up to when they when we need them to stand up. And I think we mentioned Jones. Jones is another player who does that. So obviously, I, I we have Trent in right back. I really, really, really hope that Trent will Trent will be fit. who and he'll actually play well because I, that that performance against Fulham was not Trent, the Trent I know. Like uh, at least like you said, obviously yes, Trent is not the best defensive player, but I expect him to be tracking back and not jogging. Like, I expect him to... I, I, I need to see him run. And yeah, and um, he has to do what he... So there's some games where Trent just has this energy, this, yeah, like, yeah. leveled him, where yeah. he just wants to run and just toss the ball forward and make these crazy passes and these amazing open plays. And then there's other games where he's just in the little box, it seems like every like players could easily find his weaknesses and dribble around him, yeah. and he's gonna be faced against Sonny Kane, and he's really gonna have to put up yeah. his game defending, while still having that energy to throw the ball forward for Mane and Salah, and the central mid. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm gonna throw in a co- I'm gonna throw in a comment here. You know, Trent. I mean, he really reminds me a little bit of um. And, uh, this be a little off topic, but he kind of reminds me of Angelino, you know, the left back on for Leipzig. You know, they both have similar energies. You know, when they're playing their best, they uh they assist goals, they play up, they press up, and they track back and they defend well too. But um, currently, what Trent goes through, you know, I can definitely see that he's uh he's a little bit sluggish for defending. He's he appears, you know, easy to pass, and you know, it's just if he gets into his game, you know, ideally he'll either score or assist uh, early on in a Liverpool game, for sure. Yeah. I, 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 with Trent, I, I agree with what you're saying, Dylan. I just feel like – I feel like Trent was – it was not even just that. Like, he wasn't even getting back. Like, usually I see Trent getting drilled past. Okay, fair enough. You get drilled past. But I didn't see him track back. Like, I saw him jogging when the Fulham were attacking. And I think maybe he, he was not – he lacked a bit of fitness. Maybe because of his injury, like he was out for a little while. So I hope he, I hope his fitness will improve for the game. So okay, so we we had that have that, and let's. So the center backs that's gonna be an interesting one. Obviously, Fabinho is gonna be there. He's been brilliant in center back with for us. Fabinho is really like it's great to have him at center back. I mean, like he's really a true center defensive mid, and sometimes even though. He played really well at center defensive mid, but sometimes there were games where he seemed a little unenthusiastic with his play. But every game he's played at center back, it seems as if Fabinho's been there as if he's done his job, and not just done his job, but exceptionally well. And I think that he realizes the weaknesses in the team's defense and really wants to step up for Jurgen Klopp. And Oops, sorry. That's my dog. (laughs) Um... But I think he's really stepped up for the team and realized the lacking in the defense. Okay, so we're gonna we have a dog voice in our podcast as well. That's 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 some good things, good stuff. So, so yeah, I I think me I think I talk, I told Dylan this when in the beginning of the season when Fabinho played center back for the first time against Chelsea that um, I really I see Fabinho being a really good center back when we needed to. And it seems like, and that was before Van Dyke and um, and Gomez got injured. And I, I was saying how Fabinho should be there ahead of Gomez, and now and now it looks like we have to play him there. So, okay, so now we have the set, we have the the we have the next other center back. Who knows? I mean, Matip. I'm assuming Matip is coming back. That's what I'm assuming. I mean, I'm not sure what you what you guys think, but I hope Matip plays well. Um... Because he's coming off with what was it back cramps, yeah, that I um, I hope he just his fitness could hold up against his Tottenham de- uh, attack, because if it doesn't, we could see him either 
falter and let up goals, or we could see him get injured again, and then we're going to have to do an emergency center back. And that's going to not just hurt us for that game, but that's going to hurt us for a good amount of the season if he's seriously injured. So it's going to be interesting what Jürgen decides if he starts Matip, or if, but he probably will, or how he plays him. If he plays him safely and just holds him back or makes him run more. Yeah, I agree. And I also, I mean, I, left back will be will be Andy Robertson for me. I mean, that. I mean, this, yeah. 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 So then I think. Um, How do you feel about Robertson this year? I think he's been solid. I mean, he he. Yeah, I think he's been he's been he's been all right. I think he's been all right. I mean, he's been playing in this level, to be honest. I mean, he, I think he's been playing exactly how we expect him to play. Yeah, but he, sometimes Robertson has these brilliant plays, and you're like, wow, that's why this guy's a world class left back. But um, recently, I think he's just been playing like a left back, a good left back, but. He needs to, I think, bring back those wonder passes that he had last season, the season before, where, wow, he's this, he's Scotland's best player in years. Yeah. And I think he just needs to put a little flash in his game. And I think that could also be a spark that would help Liverpool get past Tottenham or, or at least uh, lighten their mood among all these injuries. Because I think Robertson has the ability to make those killer plays to the front three, which those long passes into right into Salah's feet for a goal. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully Trent and Rabo do that. Uh, Chiang, I mean, we, we ha- I know you have Regalon, who's also a really good left back. I mean, who do you think is better? Like, what, who do you think is better, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a very both good question. Good left back. Um, both, because both backs have been fairly consistent throughout, you know, the season so far. You know, Regulon has consistently, you know, completed most of his passes, completed very good passes and crosses and tackles. And, um, you know, from what I've seen from Robertson, he's been reasonably consistent as well throughout the season. But um, I, uh, if we're talking in terms of improvement, though, however, Regulon definitely has exponentially gotten better. And he's frankly been doing, performing consistently very well these past um, you know, fast games for the season. And I can, I feel that, you know, he's only going to get better from there. Whereas Robertson, you know, he's, he's, you know, experienced, he's consistent, but I feel like um, he doesn't have much room to grow on top. I mean, he's, he's already performing at such a high level. So, I mean, obviously right now I definitely think Robertson is, this is better. I mean, I do think he, I think he's the best left back in the, in the world. I think I would say. Alfonso Davis plays on the right, so I'm not going to say. Uh, you know, I was th- I was thinking about him, but he plays on the right, so I would say definitely Robertson's the best in the world. Do you agree, Dylan? Or um, yeah, and I think just because of his consistency, he would be the best in the world because you don't really find left backs with that passing consistency and that still could play really solid defense. So I think his just balance of play makes him the best in the world, but um. If he wants to keep that, like last year, you could say undoubtedly he was the best left back in the world. But um, now, if he wants to keep that status, he's really got to add some fervor to this play in a time that Liverpool was kind of lacking that. Yeah, I definitely. I, I definitely. Yeah. I mean, Regulin has potential as well to be one of the best left backs in the world. But I, I, I remember when we were looking for a left back a few years ago and we were like, Okay, we Moreno is not good, but who like there's not really a left back that stood out at the time, and we got Robertson for five million pounds. That was the, I that, think that still could be Jurgen Klopp's best deal. That was definitely the best deal. <laughs> I mean, okay, that, maybe, that is a very good signing for you guys. Yeah, yeah, almost as um, you know, um, probably even better than Van Dyke from Southampton. You know, yeah, well, I, that was like they were like the opposite. We got two of the best defenders in the world, probably top five defenders, top three defenders last season, if you would consider. And in Robertson and Van Dyke, one we got for the biggest defender deal ever until, until Maguire, which we don't talk about. And the other um, we got for one of the cheapest defender deal, uh, deals. And now he's a world-class player. So you can see the Liverpool way is you can spend upwards of 70 million pounds on a player and have them be world-class, or you could spend less than 10 million pounds, spend 5 million pounds on a player, and they could still come out to be world-class. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's get, yeah. let's get, let's, let's go to the midfield now. 
I think we, we praised Robertson enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I I want in the mid in the midfield we're gonna have we have let's see, we have Hendo definitely gonna be in the midfield. He's been he's been brilliant for the past few of few seasons. Uh and by the way, Chelsea are losing Chelsea Wolves just scored to make it two one. Neto No scored. way. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. In the 96 minute. Woo, Neto scored. That's game for Chelsea. That's game for Chelsea. That is huge. Chelsea's dropping big points, and my Premier League prediction this week is in the shambles. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) This also means... We'll take take that for sure. Southampton now past Chelsea for fourth place. Wolves are Wolves wow. are a good team too. So yeah, Chelsea are fifth place now. So you can never sleep on the Wolves. Come on, you can't sleep yeah. on them. Yeah. So so let okay. So let's continue. So we have Henderson. Obviously, he's been superb. I think the midfield is pretty. Is I, I mean, there's not really much to pick through. I mean, obviously, we have Chamberlain coming back maybe, and uh, I don't think I don't think they're going to start. I mean, we don't really have a midfield who could really start. It's is Wijnaldum going to start? Yeah, Wijnaldum and Jones, for sure, because we don't have anyone yeah. else to pick through. Do we? Not really. Yeah, you're right. How do you feel about Wijnaldum recently? Uh, well, I mean, Wijnaldum has been – I thought he's been solid. Uh, I mean, but I thought – that being said, I mean, in the Fulham game, I, I'm – in the Fulham game, I was re- – like, it went leading up to the Fabinho penalty. Wijnaldum was really careless, and he was – that was one of his worst performances in a while, in my opinion, but – Overall, he's a very consistent player. He is consistent, and I think that's what's good, that he has filled in that hole in Liverpool's midfield while there's so many injuries. But I think even though he's consistent, he's not, like, the best best midfielder ever. So uh, he still could have those games like he did against Fulham where he's careless or thinks yeah. it's going to be. I think that really describes Liverpool's game against Fulham, careless and comfortable. And they can have to be coming out with an entirely different mindset into this tandem game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I look, in that full game, it looks like we were sleeping for the first 30 minutes. We, we, it's like, it's like you know, when you, when, you go, when you have to take, when you're taking a test in class, like in class and it's like at 9.30 at first, you, like when you go through the first few questions, you're like half asleep and then you kind of, I guess, gain a little energy and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I thought about Liverpool. I mean, the first 30 minutes, it's like we needed... We needed a goal Fulham to score in order to wake us up, which was disappointing. But we already talked about Fulham a lot, so let's <laughs> already. So let's go. Through, let's continue to go through the midfield. We have we have Curtis Jones there, and as I said before, Jones was, Jones has been outstanding in my opinion, and he's definitely yeah. hard to start, even though we have no one else to play. But. If he plays well, let's see if Jones has something like an assist in a Liverpool win, that could cement him to be a real starter. And because you wanna you wanna give him now as much playing time as possible, you wanna see how far this kid could grow. Because clearly he shows that he has the talent to become a truly an exceptional player. Yeah, and obviously, and obviously the front front three picks for itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, when only... you don't have Jota, no problem to make that front three. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, okay. And what what do you what do you three what do you guys think about Fabinho and Fabinho and not Fabinho Firmino? I mean, Chiang, you can pop in as well. I mean, what what we got? What are we thinking about for for Mino? Because he's, people are qu- question him that he's not scoring goals, and we and a lot of Liverpool fans say that. Include, I mean, I kind of think so. I agree with this sentiment too, that he's like uh, he's a false nine. He's like he's like the backbone of our team. So in uh, gen tenor press. So so, what do you guys think of him? You know, from from what I've seen, you know, Firmino, he can perform, you know, but you just got to play him right. You know, he's like, it's like a crucial part. You know, you don't play him right. You play him in the wrong position. He's not going to have a good game. You know, it's not going to work well. But like you said, you know, I'm known Firmino to be a good false nine. And if you play him, you know, in that position, you, you know, you play him right. I feel that he could definitely do some damage. You know, he'll, it'll be pretty critical in this game. I think also Firmino hasn't, because of the midfield, uh, injury issues and the uh, defense injury issues. Firmino hasn't gotten those really great pass opportunities or goal opportunities that he's known for. Those one-touch passes, those one-touch goals, those quick runs to set up plays. 
he hasn't gotten as many opportunities this season. And because of that, he is in it. Because even when Firmino would get those opportunities, he'd convert a lot of them and make beautiful plays. But there's still those times where you're like, oh, how are you missing that, Firmino? And now he doesn't even get as many as those opportunities. So it's like, he's almost like unable to succeed in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, with Firmino, I mean, I, I still, he doesn't, he's, he hasn't scored as many goals, I guess you, you'd want to, especially in, in the first few seasons in this whole high pressure thing. But I, I, I mean, I do think that Firmino is still a good player for us. And I feel like sometimes when he doesn't play, we definitely, we, we definitely miss him. So mm-hmm. I, I still, especially against good teams, I think we definitely do miss him. And it, so I, I still think he's pretty good, but I, I definitely want him to see him score more. That's definitely my mm-hmm. He's got to move up a bit because he's really good at playing the false nine, really creating those plays with Salah and Mane. And he becomes a really good link to the, uh, the front for midfielders to make passes to. But he seems as if when he's actually put in front of the goal, it's like he chips it or something. It's just like, he, it's almost as if he's unlucky in front of goal, but he's not. It's like he needs to really convert more. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he needs to become clinical. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to kind of move, move in. Move, I want to go back to Tottenham for a second because I, I was just thinking about something with the Spurs lineup and you, and obviously, and, and Nandombele has been I, – I thought he's a really interesting player because last year he obviously is the record signing and he hasn't really got going because of fitness issues and and other other stuff adapting to the league. So, I mean, this year he's been a star. Maybe, Chiang, what, do you, what have you made of him? Well, yeah, I mean, Nandombele has really taken the time. You know, he's really taken the fact that he hasn't done much and he hasn't really gotten up to fitness – uh, last season into heart, you know, he's definitely done uh, a lot better this year's season. He's put in a lot more effort. He's been critical and crucial in, in our, in a lot of our plays and a lot of the lead up to our goal scored. You know, he's, he's just a powerhouse. I mean, he's done, he's done very good. And, you know, like I said before, Jose would be pretty foolish not to, not to put him in for, for the game. He'll be crucial in the first half for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, so with that being said, let's go in, let's go into our predictions for the game. So what do, what do we think? Well, um, I kind of already made my predictions a bit clear. I said, it was either going to, I didn't see a draw besides a one, one similar to the post games. It would be a draw similar to Crystal Palace and the Fulham games. What's your final final prediction though? Obviously hmm? you said four, three, one, 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 you said a lot of these predictions. So what do you think? Um, it's gonna be ooh. honestly with the way both teams looked against Fulham and Crystal Palace, I think they're gonna want to bring energy into this game. So I do see it being higher scoring, three two. Three two, okay. In Liverpool's way, just because I'm a Liverpool fan. I definitely don't agree with that, but um, well, I'm also seeing it could be like two two with. Uh, and then a penalty, like it could be, and then it's going to be outrage all over Twitter about VAR. Oh, I see something like that could happen too. Maybe Mourinho complains or something like that. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mourinho. I mean, both both teams are not very favored by VAR. You know, I once saw a chart. You know, I had listed out. You know, Liverpool and Tottenham were both at the bottom half of the uh, number of VAR calls that are favored towards them. And obviously, United is on top, you know, way more than any other teams. VAR goes for one of us in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Chiang, what's your score prediction? Uh, yeah, you know, I've hearing a lot from both sides. You know, the game could definitely go both ways for Tottenham with Spurs. Um, but you know, I'm I'm looking at two one, two one for Tottenham. I think that Jose is gonna is going to change up the strategy a little bit more. He's gonna first half is gonna be just ruthless attacking. You know, it's gonna be waves and waves of uh, of pounding attack. And I honestly feel that they could sneak two goals through. Uh, and then second half, you know, Jose is going to park the bus. But um, the way Liverpool play, and, you know, I'm sure they can definitely put at least one goal behind in the back of the net uh, by full time. And so, you know, I'm going to go with that score. Yeah, that's something. That's a very cool game. I think I could see that happening. You said 2-1 Spurs? I'm saying 2-1 Spurs, yes. Uh, in my prediction, 
I mean, I mean, in my opinion, not my prediction. My in my opinion, I mean, I, I definitely, I think I said this earlier too. I think it'll be a tight nil-nil, or someone gets one goal. And I, I, I definitely, I'm going with my heart here, and I'm going to say Liverpool are going to get one to win. But I think we all agree that the game will be tight, and it will be a really close game. It's a 50-50 call. Obviously, mm-hmm. Liverpool, we, have to, we didn't mention this, but Liverpool have fans in the stadium as well. Two thousand fans. We can't. The under- last time they played with fans when they were home with against yeah, Wolf, the they played with great. Made- they played great. They seemed hype. <laughs> the players were really excited to see the fans. Yeah, so I hope we I hope we get the same thing this time. And and let and also let's make it clear that Liverpool. When was the last time Liverpool lost points at home? Um, I, and uh, let's see. Against it was the season, right? Against- Correct. I believe the last time was it was a nil nil a nil nil draw against Man City. Uh, one one draw. We tied against who? Man City. I think it was nil nil. We tied zero zero. Mars missed a penalty. I believe. Oh, was that game? Oh, I was seeing the game in Manchester. Sorry. No, yeah, no, it was zero zero. I think it was zero zero. Mm. So that was the last time we lost at home. We we didn't win at home, and the last time we lost at home was. Since Crystal Palace at home, and that was a long time ago. So I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. I, I may, I'm making you a little nervous, too, hang but hey, man, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be frank with you, I'm not nervous at all. You know, as long as you know we don't, yeah, if it's a draw or if it's a win, you know, I'm good. If it's a loss, you know, I'm be upset. But uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have time to catch up. You know, it's though, it's what, it's not even halfway through the season yet. We got, we got time. Yeah, and I think you're very happy where you guys are right now. So yeah, before we before we end the before we end this episode, I wanted to go. We're not going to be having a podcast before the next the weekend's game, so I wanted to kind of brief, go briefly through them. And uh, we we play Crystal Palace away. Uh, Spurs obviously we saw Spurs struggle against Crystal Palace. I mean, Dylan, what do you think will happen in that game? Um. Honestly, it could be another draw just because if they win against Spurs, then I feel like they might get comfortable again and it's a tale of two Liverpools. One game, they're going to be good and playing with energy and the other game, they're going to be comfortable. So, Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we win two. I'm going to say we win 2-1. It's going to be a tight game. So I'm going to... It's definitely going to be a close game and it's not going to be easy for us, but I think we'll find a way to win. And I think mm-hmm. we will have to win that game. So I'm going to say 2-1 us. But Crystal Palace have been in good form as well. So it'll be tough. Chiang, how about, what do you think? Do you think we'll, we'll draw points here? I think what Dylan has a very good point here. It depends on, a lot of it depends on how you guys play during the Spurs game, you know? I mean, Palace is not to be slept on. And that's what we did to them this last week. And, and we paid for it, you know? I mean, we were sitting back and watching all the highlights and games from previous years, you know? We have Delhi's memorable goal against Palace, where he uh, on twenty in the 2016 season, where he just absolutely obliterated them. But um, yeah, you know, it depends on how you're feeling. And obviously, we got too comfortable with parking a bus and scoring one goal, and you know, we paid for the price for it. So it really depends on how you guys play this game, I suppose. Especially on short rest. This is going to be pretty short rest, three days. Yeah. That, that, oh yeah, that's true. Clap. Essentially, guys, been thinking about that. Clap complains about that a lot. With seven. 7.30 to and, – and also – and also it's, um, Yeah, this is I'm an early game. I'm kind of on... pessimistic now. I mean, obviously, we all at the, same, at the same time, our away form has not been so good this year. Obviously, we played a lot of tough games away, like Man City and, and Chelsea and, like, and some, like, some tough away games that – obviously, but we, we only won once away, and that was against Chelsea. And we had three draws and one, no, four draws and one loss. So hopefully we get a win. So, but yeah, it's good. This game will definitely not be an easy game. I, we, I think we both agree with that. We all agree with mm-hmm. that. So, and it's and not going to be that easy for Tottenham either on yeah, Sunday. They play Leicester. Yeah, no, it's not. You know, yeah, Leicester is uh, Leicester is not a difficult, not a hard. I mean, not an easy team to play with. You know, I mean, sure, Kane Kane has a lot of fun scoring goals against Leicester, but um, can easily go the other way if we don't play uh, at the top of our game. Well, I'm, honestly, I'm I'm not the biggest Brendan Rodgers fan. I didn't like him when he was at Liverpool coach, to be honest. 
But so I'm gonna and Mourinho has so I I kind of know this already. So Mourinho has a really good record against Rodgers. I don't think I don't think Mourinho won. Mourinho ever lost a game against Brendan Rodgers during his <laughs> management. So, and I remember I told I told I told you this last year, Jihang, when you guys were playing Leicester, you needed Europa League, and Leicester needed top yeah. four. You guys would win. And I said yeah. you guys will win two 0 and you guys won three 0 And I'm gonna, I'm still gonna go with the same predictions last year. I'm gonna say two 0 Tottenham. I think it's gonna be a masterclass from Mourinho, a counter, a counter attack. But Rodgers will have, they'll have like Sandy, Sandy present the ball and do absolutely nothing with it. Oh well, yeah, I mean, sure, it'll be definitely impossible for Tottenham. You know, if they play at the top of their game, which I'm sure Mourinho will definitely do the other best to encourage his players to do that. Um, yeah, we're gonna see our you know, sudden Kane. Uh, Another partnership, you know, with Ndombele starting the ball or, you know, Regalon even. So it's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah. So what's your prediction? Well, I'm going to have to go with 2-0. Like you said, 2-0 Tottenham to Leicester. You know, um, most likely that'll be the case. But um, what I was saying before was we definitely shouldn't sleep on Leicester at all too as well. You know, Marino's going to want to keep his record against Rodgers, like you said. So we're going to have to see. Dylan, what do you... What do you... What do you think it will be? Um, one nothing Tottenham. One I think Mourinho is gonna score his goal and park the bus. Okay. okay. <laughs> I I see that happening as well. So we I think we're all in agreement that Tottenham will win the game. But the Crystal Palace game, it's a little gonna be a little difficult for us. But let's let's hope let's get through this Spurs game and hopefully you get the win. And we'll see. We'll Another see. game. I wanted to mention this weekend. I think this is going to probably be my game to watch for the week. It's probably going to be Southampton, Man City. Um, Man City is going to put up a challenge for Southampton as Southampton is going to put up a challenge for Man City. And if both teams play the way they've been playing this season, I think Southampton is going to come up on top. Yeah, I, I, I hope for sure. Right. This is definitely a Southampton team. I would love to see Pep Guardiola keep falling down. It'll be mm-hmm. that big. And Man City falling down, especially. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I I guess we're I guess we covered everything. So th- thank you guys all for watching. Them too. Ho- hopefully we could t- this podcast will will go well. Will do very well. And obviously it's good for it's good to have a Liverpool perspective in 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 here as well in in the total soccer in the in the, the soccer universe as well. So and Chihang, thank you for be for being our guest today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so that's it. That this is the Liverpool Perspective podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. <laughs>